With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Bengals Line. Let's talk football. On the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. Let's talk football. Presented by Bud Light. Live at the Holy Grail. Brought to you by Bud Light. Famous among friends. The Holy Grail. Cincinnati's home for sports. Touchdown! News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. And away we go, 605 on News Radio 700 WLW. Welcome to the Holy Grail Banks. It is Bengals Line, presented by Bud Light, Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Three hours to unfold. We've got all things Bengals covered. And Dave, while it may not have been the prettiest of performances, maybe not a lot in the style department, right. it was a, to me, you either put it on the left side or the right side. It's yes. a win or it's a loss, and winning sure beats the alternative, and I'll take three and four with a chance now to go on the road and get some work done on a three-game road track. I hear that, Lance, you know, and, and to me it's quite remarkable that the Bengals have a three and four record being minus ten in the turnover department. You know, haven't won the turnover battle in any individual game. It's either been even or on the minus side of things, and still almost, you know, at the 500 mark, so... If they can get uh, get on a nice little run of being plus in the turnover ratio, who knows? And, and you're right. You play a pretty good game up in Green Bay in all three phases and don't come out with a victory and uh, play a lesser game probably in all three phases and come out with a win. And that's life in the NFL. That's the football gods as such. Can we welcome in our special guest in the first hour tonight? Let's do it. He is the guard out of Texas, yes. number 66. Pro Football Focus loved him yesterday. Yep. He is Trey Hopkins, everybody. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Trey, you, you graded out best. Uh, Pro Football Focus had you at the best grade of, uh, of the offensive lineman. I thought Maya Ball, we t- I was talking about it a little earlier with Rocky Boyman here on uh, 700 WLW, and I, I said I thought you know you played, had the most solid overall game, and, and uh, Rocky said that Pro Football Focus had, uh, had graded it that way, so Maya Ball was... I guess okay on that yeah. in that regard. How'd you feel? How'd you feel after you watched the tape? Um, after watching the tape, I, I, mean, I, I did a lot of things that I was very proud of. I was proud of myself and protections, specific things that I wanted to get better from um, after coming from Pittsburgh. And, I mean, Paul always has a coaching point. I mean, as an offensive lineman, you always have something that you look to improve on yourself. You right. have to if you want to uh, have any kind of longevity in this league. Um, but overall, just looking at it for what it was and – and getting the win, it was it was a game that I, I walked away from saying I was proud of what I did. Good. Marvin said it to you guys in the in the locker room yesterday. Winning's hard. I mean, fans may look and say, "Oh, it was only a one point win. You were favored by ten and a half." Winning's the toughest thing to do in sports. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's easy to look at at a schedule and pick out the games that you think you're going to win and and pick out the opponents that you're saying, okay, we match up here very nicely. We match up there very nicely. But when it comes to it and and you line up and you have those lines of scrimmage set, I mean, it's it's a fight. And nobody's going to lay down. Nobody's just going to give up points. No one's just going to say, okay, well, we'll take this L right here. It's always a fight, and and you have to you have to earn each one. You have to earn each snap, and you have to and when you get the W at the end of there, you get the L. It, it it it's something that you earned. 
And, and uh, this year in the NFL in particular, not that it's been topsy-turvy. I mean, there have been some constants, but there have been other franchises that people had no idea they'd be playing at the level they're playing, you know, at this stage of the season. That's just the way it is in the league with respect to injury. There's always that factor. Um, free agency in the offseason before changes a, a team and the draft from the year before until the until the next year. And a lot of people say, you know, based on last year's one loss record, you guys should, like you say, look at the schedule. Oh, this, 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 this. Well, Andrew Luck's not quarterbacking now for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and who thought the Philadelphia Eagles would be 7-1? and one? You, just, you just don't know. And so if you say, you know, oh, you beat this team by seven points and they lost to this team by three points, so you should beat this team by ten. It doesn't add up like <laughs> one plus one equals two like that. Exactly. I mean – and there are games where some guys, you, you say you don't even know who that guy was. You didn't study him. You didn't put a, a plan together for him. And he comes out, and he and he's just the most explosive player of that game. It comes to that game and who can perform right. and who can really show out on the field that day. Absolutely. Dave, before we check traffic, who is our guest in the second hour tonight? In the second hour, we have a rookie defensive tackle out of Michigan, Ryan Glasgow. And I'll tell you, he's doing a great job. He's a very physical guy. Blue collar, brings his lunch pail every day to – to our practice and games, and, and he's in the rotation, and he's given the Cincinnati Bengals a lot of good, tough snaps, and he will be with us from hour 7 to 8. All right, we are fired up. Three hours to unfold more with Trey Hopkins after we check traffic and weather right. together on News Radio 700 WLW. 611 on News Radio 700 WLW and the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. It's Bengals Line presented by <coughs> Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. I'm Lance McAllister. He's Dave Lapham. Trey Hopkins is our special guest. And, Dave, let's work in a card early. Tonight. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this play because it was a, a, the most explosive play of the game for the Bengals offensively. It's a McDonald's pounder play recap. And it's brought to you by McDonald's. And I'm loving it. Of course, everybody's loving it when you talk to McDonald's. Could ask Trey about this play. First and 10 at the Bengals 30 yard line at the 646 mark of the first quarter. Uh, second quarter, I should say. 67 yard screen pass to Joe Mixon. Take it all the way down to the Colts three yard line. Joe Mixon made some folks miss like he always does. Showed his acceleration, showed his athleticism. What was it like in that play? What was, what was your role in that play? How did you see it? And when did you know it was gonna bust big? Did you have an idea? You know, when you do a screen, the thing that's exciting about a screen and the thing that's kind of it's kind of different than any other play is you don't know what's going on behind you right. because your job is kind of trying to sell, I just got beat on this. Yep. The guy just got past me. So you got to be kind of a good actor. But the point where you know that the play is going good is really just the crowd and you haven't heard the whistle yet. <laughs> it's one of those things you get out as a lineman and you get to running and it – and it's like, okay, I know my course I'm supposed to take. I know where my eyes are supposed to be, who I'm supposed to be looking for. But I don't know if that plays dead. I don't know if right. I don't know if Joe got tackled way back here unless I hear unless I hear a whistle. So I'm just running. And then as as you get going, you realize the play's still going. It hasn't been blown dead. The crowd's screaming. That means something's good going on. And you, you can't really turn around. You just, that's where you just got to keep running. I mean, there were some great blocks on that. Russell Bodon, our, our center, had a great block that really just sprung Joe right. at the beginning. And, I mean, Joe's such a, a great athlete. I mean, he's somebody we really get excited about whenever the ball's in his hands. That I mean, he kind of put the team on his back on that one. He did. I mean, uh, our A.J. Green did some dirty work, you know, on, on the edge yeah, as, a, as a wide receiver blocking, you know, and being physical. And, of course, everybody knows A.J. is one of the greatest receivers in terms of catching the football that the league has seen. But to do that kind of thing, I think uh, – you know, what are you doing when you don't have the ball? How are you helping the football team? And he did big on that play, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, it definitely shows character. I mean, it's 
he's a guy that I don't think I don't think anybody watching the game would care if AJ just decided, you know what, I don't want to block because they know he's a great receiver. They know he's a guy that he's a guy that he makes plays with the ball in his hands. But that's he's also a guy that he's giving the team everything he's got every time. Right. And whether he's the star of that play or not, he's somebody that we depend on as a team. He's a leader on our team, a leader on our offense, and he and he he shows that by the way he plays each and every play. AJ was with us on the stage here last week, and he said of Joe Mixon, he's special. We got a steal. Is special a good word to describe Joe Mixon? Definitely. He's a guy that brings excitement to the team, to the offense, because he's a guy that plays with so much passion. And he's also just naturally gifted. He's strong. He's fast. He's not a guy I don't think that in the open field somebody can really just tackle him one-on-one. And, I mean, he's somebody that he can make things happen. When I watch uh, the, the, the tape a little bit, and I haven't really had a chance to study study it, but I like to do that during the course of the week and look at the upcoming opponent and all that sort of thing. But my initial reaction, you know, watching the game and then watching a little bit of the tape was, you know, there's a different guy in, in a different play having an issue. You know what I mean? It's like four guys might have it, one doesn't. Three might have it, a couple don't. And it's like, oh, I hear that all the time. But that basically is the deal. I mean, if, if you have one that gets broken down big time, badly, it's it's going to be a tough play. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if everybody plays, you know, does their job adequately, you're going to get something. If everybody does their job really well, you're going to get a lot. But if, if somebody does not do their job, all it takes is one guy. And that's why the offensive line, to me, it's like the team within the team. And I always use this simple math. You throw the ball 20 times. Quarterback uh, is, is back to throw it 20 times. You want to keep him clean. You block your guy 19 times. He beats you once. You grade 95. That's an A. Everybody in the offensive line can block their guy 19 times and get beaten once, and every individual gets an A. But collectively, he got hit five times. That's 75%. As a group, you grade a C. So everybody got an A on their individual role, but collectively, for the course of the game, if everybody got beaten on a different play like we're talking about, you go from grading an A to being just average. That's offensive line play right there, isn't it? it exactly that. And I liked what you said about a team within a team because it's one of those things where we all five have to click. Right. There can't be an individual. I mean, it, it's great when you individually play well. That's, that's great. You can pat yourself on the back. But it's one of those things where it's hard to win – with just one offensive lineman having a winning performance. And that's right. something that, that that Paul, I mean, talks about each and every time we come back to watch the film is that we all have to play good enough to win. Exactly. Yep. Guys, let's take a timeout. Uh, we'll continue. We're rolling in this first hour. It's Bengals Line presented by Bud Light. We're sure. at the Holy Grail Bank. So the first star logistics Bengals radio network and news radio 700 WLW. 621 on News Radio 700 WLW and the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. It's Bengals Line presented by Bud Light. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, and Trey Hopkins is our special guest in the first hour. Ryan Glasgow will join us in hour number two uh, tonight. Trey, we were talking about the offensive line and when, when bodies are rotating in and out, how important is communication and keeping everybody on the same page? And, and is that challenging when there's pieces rotating in and out during a game? Communication is always vital on every part of the offense, but especially in the offensive line. I mean, getting points declared and things like that in protection and, of course, communicating with tight ends and, and, and backs in both protections and in the run game on, on who we're taking and, and where we're taking them. But I don't think it changes very much with the rotation we have because we have experienced guys 
I mean, we have Andre Smith rotating in, who, who's been in the league for seven, eight years now. Nine, I mean, this is ninth, yeah, not ninth year. Yeah, um, and Andre knows more than the majority of us. I mean, he's been in, in with Paul for the for the longest um, out of all of us, actually. Right. And I don't think there's a big issue with that because we're fortunate to have guys that have been experienced that are uh, that are rotating. He's actually teaching a lot of us things. So when he's in there. I know for me, when he's in at a right tackle, I have no doubt that he knows the communication, that he hears communication, that he's going to make the communication because he's a guy that is – he's had more snaps than I have. So, if anything, he's he's an, an extra help. There's uh, multiple levels of, you know, effective offensive line play. Initially, identification. So, you know, I, you see the quarterback pointing all the time, and he, a lot of times he's pointing for the middle linebacker so everybody can make uh, protection calls and everything off of that. So identifying properly and then communicating, once the identification is, is completed, communicating what you saw so everybody is on the same page, you know, and then executing what everybody wants done. There were some free runners in yesterday's game. You know, there were guys just right to the quarterback. And, and so, you know, it's, if, it's a, if it's a safety on an overload and it's one more guy that you can block, that's an understandable free runner. But if it's a linebacker or a down lineman in the nickel – and it's a free runner, uh, now you know that there was some sort of lack of communication or, you know, somebody just it, – it's one thing to get beaten physically. You, you play the game long enough, everybody gets beaten physically. It's, it, but you don't want to have the communication mishaps or the identification mishaps where there's a free runner. And Am I right? Were there too many free runners in yesterday's football game? You're, you're completely right. I mean, that's something that we discussed today as an offense. That's some stuff that we had to watch as a film, as an offensive line. And, I mean, there's things that – yeah, maybe a protection where it's like we just don't have the number of guys, but some of those things were, were things definitely where it's it might not be the point that needs to be changed, but it might need to be something that during the play you have to say, hey, I have to come out, I have to come off of this guy and protect the inside out. Right. Um, and that's shortest distance to the quarterback exactly. is right. You 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 make you, furthest guy. It's going to take longest yes, get to the quarterback. Exactly. Give him the most time at pretty much at any cost is, is is the name of the game with protection, and that's something that we address today that we have to get better at. When, um, when when a play like the screen with Joe Mixon unfolds yesterday and you see the big gainer, is that one of those when you when you walk back to the huddle or you get home last night, do you think, man, we're we're, we're close. If we can just if we can if we can just do it more often as an offensive line, this offense is going to click. We we've got a next level we can get to. Do you sense that? You do sense that, and and, and you look at those plays where we have explosives, and you look at those plays where we get people down the field like Joe, and you say, what went right here? And a lot of times the answer is just as easy as everybody did their job. Exactly. Nobody has to do anything extraordinary. Nobody has to go out of character. Nobody has to make up for somebody else. It's just everybody complete your assignment and the play works. Exactly. Being nosy as a former lineman, <laughs> follow-up question. The issues that had yesterday with Andy, you know, as, as a former lineman, if I, after that game I would have gone home, looked in the mirror and said, my quarterback had hit too much. You know, I gotta, I get, we got to do something about this. So my question is, was it more of an identification problem, a communication problem, or was it both, or was it more than that? What was it that caused the, the issues? I think when we watch the film, we say we, had, we, we meet it as an offense first. Offense coach says, hey, I could have put you in this protection. I could have did this. We could have worked on this. Okay, that's done. But more importantly, when we get, or at least more importantly as off- offensive line, is when you get with your offensive line coach and he says, it doesn't matter. Our job isn't to call the player, to call the protection. It's to give Andy as much time as possible. And then that's when you start to look at 
yeah, I could have fixed up my technique there. I could have cleaned up my technique. So that's one part of it. Another part, as we talked about, is am I making sure that the guy that has the furthest distance to get to right. Andy is the guy that we're letting go? That's right. another part of it. So it's kind of a combination of, of everything. You have, you have a side that you look at as an offense as, well, we could have caught this protection. We could have checked this. Okay. That's not my job to say. Right. That's right. not that's not what I have to be concerned about when we're in the huddle. I get the, I get the play to run. It's my job to execute it and to give Andy as much time as possible. And Andy, you know, he did make mention in the post game press conference. He said, you know, uh, in all quarterbacks, I mean, Tom Brady, when it happens to him, all of them, quarterbacks do not like pressure up the middle. I mean, because it's the shortest spot to the exactly, quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they're just right on top of him in his face. He feels like even if he can't throw it, can't see as well follow through might hit something I can't stride to the line of scrimmage and transfer my weight all those kind of things so the quarterbacks really appreciate when like you say you you protect from the inside out and mm-hmm. make sure that their their kitchen's clean in the middle right yeah and I mean it makes it easier for us when you get those get those deep balls down the field I mean get those sure. get those chunks you don't want to have to get into a position where we we might throw on second second down and then now we're at third down and it's a third and ten and now you have to deal with more blitzes more games and things like that so right it, it's all about trusting each other to do our jobs, and that's what we have to we have to get accomplished. We have to put together a, a complete line where we're playing completely together, and everyone's just doing their job so that the offense can run smoother. It was interesting when I, I went up to Trey after the game, and I know this is a prideful guy, very intelligent, as we can all tell. Um, played at Texas, big-time football, two-time all-conference offensive lineman, and, you know, I said, hey, Trey, you know, tomorrow night, Holy Grail at 6. And you looked at me and you said, you still want me? <laughs> why, why did you, you know, you're like, you still want me to, you know, what, what were you thinking? I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I didn't get to finish the game. And, I mean, you know, that always kind of, it kind of just sticks with you. You're just like, man, if nothing else, you want to finish the game. Right, right. And it kind of got rolled up a little bit just after the game. It was just like, I mean, I, I always want to honor commitments. No, I hear you. But. I also don't want to assume that I'm still no, uh, right. I got, it. Yeah. I got it. But so now you had the knee injury, mm-hmm. and you're wearing a brace, and you did get rolled up on. Thank God for the brace. It saved me. It saved you. Huh? <laughs> it saved me. Uh, I mean, the Don Joyce came back, came back strong once again. I mean, you're you're forced to wear them in college, and you kind of get away from it in the pros. And I mean, you like to. Honestly, I mean, I think all offensive linemen kind of like to like the freedom of being away from the Don Joyce. But absolutely, I mean, yesterday it saved me. I've seen Don Joyce bend, get hit so hard that they actually bend, and you're thinking, now if you didn't have that on, what would your knee look like right then? <laughs> I mean, he's so crazy. All right, we uh, we've got to get a check on news. More in this half hour with our special guest, Trey Hopkins. Hang tight. Ryan Glasgow will join us in hour number two tonight. All right. It's Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail. Banks and the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and News Radio 700 WLW. 6.35 on, <clears throat> excuse me, News Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 700 WLW, it's Bengals line, presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. Dave Lapham, Lance McAllister, and Trey Hopkins is our special guest in the first hour. Yes. We were um, we were talking about your, your knee in the last segment. Take us back to week one, because that was scary at the time. The yeah. thought was, oh, that's really not good. Take us through the play and, and what your initial thought was to the to the injury. Um, it was an outside kind of sweeping play, and I, I pulled around, and, I mean, everything was fine. It's just one of those things where the play just kind of finishes behind you, and and somebody just hit me from the outside from the outside of my knee and just kind of bent it in a little bit, and it was something that, I mean, wasn't too painful. I just got up and just couldn't really stabilize on that leg too much, and that's what I told the docs, and went on the sideline and had the medical staff evaluated, and they were just like, well, we're pulling you, of course, and, I mean, it's one of those things where – I had never had a knee injury before, so I didn't really know. I expected there to be more pain for one thing. Right. I mean, it, it really wasn't. And, um, I mean, it's just one of those things where it, it was tough, but we have a good medical staff. I mean, we have we have good trainers, great trainers that I, I trusted to take care of me, and that's what they did. They told me they would get me back on the field as fast as possible, but also make sure that I'm it's, it's a, in a responsible way where I'm not just going to go back out there and, I'm putting myself at risk, and I mean that, that's exactly what they did, and I'm appreciative to them for it. Yeah, no surgery necessary. That was no, that was great yeah, news. Yeah. I bet when that uh, when you get that piece of news, that you had to overcome another injury. I mean, early on, you're a free agent, offensive lineman in training camp, and doing an unbelievable job. You have what's the length of your arms? What's your in sleeve? I have no clue. They're long. I have no clue. I mean, I you have some <laughs> long arms. When I watch you, as when I watched you that first training camp, I'm like, oh my gosh, man, this guy is like. You know, when, when you jam people, they couldn't even get to your shoulder pads. You're in their chest, and they can't even reach reach back to get you. And that helps you in pass protection. It also helps you double team. You can stay on a guy longer and pass him off and mm-hmm. get off to the next level. And you're doing all these things, and I'm watching, and I'm like, wow, this guy's really performing well. And then you have, you know, early in your career, the, the unfortunate fracture. The, you mm-hmm. broke a bone in your leg. How disappointing was that? Because you were... You were making a, a statement, making some noise, and everybody was, like, sitting up and taking notice. Wow. Okay, we got another college free agent find right here. This guy's the real deal. How disappointing was it when that you get set back by that injury? And that, that one took a while, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, that, that was heartbreaking because it was an injury that I had before in college. Um, fractured uh, my tibia. And, I mean, that's a bone that doesn't normally break. It's the densest bone in your body. I think that's what the doctor told me the first time. And it started out as stress fractures in college, but it had gotten to the point where I had to have surgery on it then. And, and I did have the surgery, had a rod put in it. So when it, when it kind of messed up the second time, I immediately knew what it was because I remembered the feeling. Um, and it just was – it was – I mean, it just kind of rocks your world for a second. You're just like, right. man – I'm putting in this work, I'm doing all this, and now you get, and now you have a setback. And, yeah, it took me a while, and it's definitely – it brings mental battles that you have to get over more than anything. I mean, rehab is easy being a – at least I think being an athlete. I mean, you're used to training your body. Right. You're used to pushing through pain. You're used to doing things like that. But mentally, when you're like – when you get sat down and, and someone says, you, you can't do this right now, right. that's when the mental battle starts and you really have to overcome yourself. 
And that's when you realize how much you love it because you miss it so exactly. much. Now, okay, you had the rod in there, and it re-broke. Did it break right below or right above the rod? How did it re-break? It was actually the same spot, just kind of really? cracked back a little bit. And I think the rod might have bent a little bit, but wow. it was really just the Whoa. spot just kind of Bent the cracked. rod. That's a shot you took, man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, bent the rod. Wow. You still have the rod in there? I got a new rod. It got a new uh, replaced. Yeah. So you got a replacement rod. <laughs> I got a replacement rod. So still, rod. When, you, when you go through the airport, you still set off all the alarms. I have only you? set off an alarm one time. Have you? Yeah, one time. And so, and I don't even know why it went off that time. It might not have had anything to do with my leg. But surprisingly, after I, after I got the surgery, I was asking, do I need, like, a card for, like, med- like medical equipment right, or anything right. like that? And they're like, no, you should be fine. And it's never set off, it's never set off an alarm huh. except for the, for the one time. And that could have been some change in my pocket or something right, like right, that. Yeah, right, yeah. So from all of that injury-wise, you're, you're undrafted, and yet you're starting in the NFL on the offensive line. That has, I mean, you got to be, you got to be really proud of that. I mean, that that's that's got to be pretty. I know you're never satisfied, but it's got to be great satisfaction and able to clear all those hurdles to this point. Yeah, I mean, you're you're never satisfied because I mean, now you're on the field, now you have to produce. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of the thing, but. Yeah, it, it's it's great when you get when you do get those those moments where you can just sit and just think back to where you were a year from now, five year five years uh, where you were a year ago, yeah. should I say, five years ago, ten years ago, and then you look and say, wow, I wouldn't even I would have never imagined this is where I would be in my life at this point. It, it's amazing. So a lot of people when they face adversity injury wise like you did, they assume the fetal position and say, ah, that's bad luck. I'm done. You know, you faced adversity and fought back hard. I think, I think everybody recognized that too. Like, wow, this guy's got something to him. He's got some substance to him. You know, not just a really good football player, but you know, it's important to him, and he wants to do this, and he's going to fight back through adversity. Um, if, is that one of your most major attributes? When you when you saw that Kevin Zeitler had moved on, and had gotten a big contract with the Cleveland Browns, and that right guard position was open. With all that you've been through and, and fighting the adversity and everything, did you focus on that and say, that's going to be my job? I'll say this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guy that I don't, I don't quit. That's one of the things that, that about me that I, that I know about myself I won't quit. But I will say I have a lot of moments where sometimes those, those thoughts just creep in your head. And I mean, I think yeah. we all do, but I'm blessed to have a, a supportive group behind me, a, a group of supportive people that – will talk to me and, and, and know where I'm coming from immediately. I had, I mean, I had so many texts, so many people that immediately yesterday after they saw that play on the game were like, Trey, you, whatever's going on right now, you fought through something like this before, you can do it again. So, I mean, it's it that has only a little bit to do with me, a lot to do with the support staff that, I mean, that's been behind me from, I mean, high school ball until now. And, I mean, that group just keeps growing and growing, and I'm very appreciative to every single person. I mean, but when Zyler left, it was definitely an eye-opener as here's a time to compete. Right. I mean, IR for a year, two years on practice squad. I mean, you, you I saw Zyler prepare. I worked with Zyler and when he needed extra work being on practice squad like that. And, I mean, he's a great guy. And, and just being around so long and being fortunate enough to be kept around this program so long, I'm like, I know the techniques. Right. I know exactly what Paul looks for. I know – what you need to do to be successful. Now it's just time to show that you can be the guy to do that on the field. Did you realize, I mean, when they stayed with you um, after the injury IR and the practice squad, I mean, they, they were they were 
obviously sending a signal like, hey, we believe in you. It's just, you know, it hasn't really happened. But stay with us. We're going to stay with you. We believe in you. Did you get that sense? Did you get that feeling like, I'm staying, you stayed with me, I'm staying with you, let's get this done? Definitely. I mean, there was, there was no doubt in my mind at a certain point that I was about to be out of the league. Because, I mean, even after the year on IR, when I came back, my leg was not where it right. needed to be. Right. And I think everyone knew that. Right. You know? I mean, I remember talking to you. I felt sorry for you. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking yeah. to you. And, and, and even, I mean, practice squad isn't what you want, but even being the, given the chance to spend another year developing and getting yep. stronger, I was very appreciative. I mean, and I, I still land for that opportunity because – I, in my mind, I was like, well, that was the last game I played when that last preseason game was over. I was like, well, that might very well be my last football game. And, but they stuck with me, gave me time, and, and here we are now. Paid off. Yeah. Excellent Paid off stuff. How about yeah. Trey Hopkins, everybody? Big, big Hang time. tight. Another timeout. More to get to. Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. First Star Logistics. Bengals Radio Network and News Radio 700 WLW. 646 News Radio 700 WLW, the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. It's uh, Bengals Line. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. It's presented by Bud Light each week. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, our special guest in the first hour is Bengals guard Trey Hopkins, number 66. Yes. Uh, we were talking about adversity. It comes in many different forms. Uh, Hurricane Harvey impacted your family members. Take us uh, take us through that and the, the, the impact uh, throughout your family. So, um, Pretty much all of my family, I mean, besides a, l- a little bit that's in Louisiana, is actually in Houston. Um, my immediate family was okay. Our neighborhood was was fine for the most part. There was flooding around us, but what happened was my uncle, my uncle and my aunt, their house actually got flooded when they opened up a, a dam over there. Mm. So, I mean, at least they were warned, I guess, is, is the positive note, but they, they still had to leave and still had to evacuate. But fortunately, they were close enough to – to my family's home where they could get there and they could get there safely. They found transportation to get there and and, and they were able to make it out. Can you believe what um, how J.J. Uh, Watts' little fund that he started, he was hoping to... Oh, it blew up. Yeah, he was ho- hoping to raise, you know, a couple hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand, whatever, and 37 million bucks? Yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. It tells you the power of the National Football League and the platform, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, this platform is great because you reach so many people and issues that... You might, people that love football may not normally care about or may not normally be exposed to, you, you're, you're able to bring light to those issues and, and, and show people. And, I mean, people care. Sure. It's just, it's just maybe someone – I mean, you watch NFL Network all day. You might not watch. You might not – I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're aware of it, but it might not hit you as hard as – or you might not be aware of how hard Houston was hit by that hurricane and what J.J. did really brought light to it and it – and it exposed that to a lot of people that were able to help and were willing to help. He, the reality of it, you're right, a lot of people don't understand the reality of the thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, because of the, the guy that's delivering the message that they respect so much, they're going to listen a little bit more closely. And, oh, it's that bad? I didn't know it was that bad. And then all, there you go. It catches like wildfire, exactly. you know? Exactly. And I mean, I'm sure there <laughs> Thousands and thousands of people in Houston there are so appreciative of him. I mean, even more so than they – I mean, they already right. love him in the, in the city right. Right, for his play, but even more so now just for helping the communities. I read at one point in your life you wanted to go into the medical profession. Yes. Is that something you still have a, a vision for? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it changes so much. I mean, I won't say so much. It just kind of alternates between here and there. But my mom's a respiratory therapist, and, I mean, I always looked up to her, and I, and, and I've always just – 
felt like my calling was to help people. That's what I want to do is I, I wanted to help people. And at first I thought that was being the, being a doctor. I wanted to be an anesthesiologist. I went to college at originally like I'm going to be an anesthesiologist, anesthesiologist. And then I realized after going through uh, organic chemistry, I was like, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to do that. I there mean, you go. I, I stuck with it. I was a biology major, but I started to also just look at what you were actually doing, and I realized I don't want to. I don't want my job to be looking at people as numbers on a chart or just a, a barcode that I scan and, and check your vitals and say you're okay and give you some medicine and then walk out the room. And I started shadowing physical therapists, occupational therapists, and, and a good number of them that I, w- I was fortunate enough to, to get to see and get to help um, w- along with what they do. And, and I really I really like that, the hands-on feeling where you actually get to work with people day by day and see Hey, how are you doing today? How do you feel today? Right. And that meant more to me, get it, building a connection with someone and, and really becoming involved in their life to the point where their well-being matters to you and they trust you and, and, you, and you trust them enough to say, okay, you came in here with, you fell down the stairs and now your back's hurt. Right. Well, we're going to work through that together. And, and that was important to me, not even in a sports medicine kind of way, just, I mean, occupational therapy, I mean, anything like that, that's that's the kind of thing I became more interested in. You were obviously uh, well-rounded and very intelligent. Hobbies, I mean, do you have any unusual or interesting hobbies? I bet you probably do some things that a lot of your teammates wouldn't even think about doing. Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people read, but I, I read a lot. You read a lot? I read a lot. I mean, I, I love reading. Yeah. What do, what do you what's your uh, what's your favorite topics? Favorite topics or, or subject matter or authors or any of the above? Uh, I don't really have one. It's kind of something that I'll hear about a book or it'll get referenced. A lot of times, what happens is the books get referenced in movies, okay, or in TV shows, right? And I'll end up just looking up the book on Wikipedia and reading a quick little synopsis of it. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in. I want to read that. Uh-huh. And I mean. That's taken me so many different places. I mean, Albert Camus, just a philo- that's just complete philosophy book. And I'm really, really? yeah, and I mean, that's not even a, a narrative, which is more of what I really like. Um, I went through a phase where I was just reading dystopian novels, Brave New World, uh, who's that, uh, Adolf Huxley, or 1984. Um, I was just going through a phase where I was reading stuff like that. My all-time favorite book, though, I'd have to say, besides Harry Potter series. Yeah. It's huge Harry Potter nerd. Right. right. Yeah, I still, still am. Um is East of Eden. East of Eden. Steinbeck, yeah. John Steinbeck. Oh. Mm-hmm. How about that? Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that. that? Okay, so I will guarantee you that you're not going to face a defensive lineman this year that is as well-read as you. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I won't say it's true, but I, I do I do like to read, yeah. That's awesome. Let's take a final timeout, come back, head down the stretch. Final segment with Trey Hopkins, Bengals line presented by Bud Light. Holy Grail Banks on News Radio 700 WLW. Close it in on 7 o'clock. This hour is flying tonight. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. It's Bengals line presented by Bud Light. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Trey Hopkins is our special guest. Dave, I see you scrambling to look something up. Yeah, I, I was going to just mention to Trey, I'm sure you're probably acutely aware. Jacksonville Jaguars lead the NFL in quarterback sacks with 33. They've had two 10-sack games. And the two teams that they did it against, you guys played the following week. They got 10 sacks against the Houston Texans, and Bengals played them the next week. They got 10 sacks against the Indianapolis Colts, same thing. You guys played them the next week. They've got Calais Campbell, 10 sacks, 
tied for second in the NFL. I'm not sure how to pronounce this defensive end's name. I think it's Gahui or whatever it is. He's got six and a half sacks, uh, tenth in the league. Fowler, the first uh, round pick two years ago, uh, five and a half sacks, tied for 13th. And uh, Malik Jackson from Denver, the great defensive tackle, he's got three sacks. Bottom line is, this D-line is legit. I mean, they got a bunch of sacks, and a lot of them have come from the guys, you know, up front. A lot of teams blitz to get sacks. Other guys, you know, rush four, drop seven. They probably do a combination. But when you're playing against a group like that that's number one in the NFL in quarterback sacks, number one in sack per pass attempt ratio, does it kind of perk your ears up and, and get all your senses working a little bit more? Well, there's there's no weeks off in this league. There's no weeks off. And, I mean, now it just so happens that their, their stats actually show it. A lot of times there are guys that are just as talented that just don't have the stats. But this is definitely no doubt – a talented defensive front, and I mean, you, you can't tuck tail and run. You got to just prepare. You have to prepare, and you have to you have to develop a plan. You have to go in with the confidence from your preparation to to block the people. Before we run out of time, I got to ask you about Texas. What was it like playing for Mac Brown? Well, it was great. It was a great time. I mean, first off, the city sells the school. I'll oh, say that to anybody. Austin, Austin is a, a beautiful place. I mean. What is it, 4th Street or 6th Street where all Six, the all the, all the uh, Sixth country? 6th Street. Street. Oh, my gosh. Every, everybody knows about 6th Street. Yeah. But, I mean, Austin is like no other place in, in Texas. And I tell everyone, if you've never been to Texas, the first place you should go is Austin. Um, but the school, amazing. It's a, it, it, There's nothing like coming out on the field in Darrell K. Royal Stadium. It's There's nothing like that. And, I mean, winning season, losing season, it's it's incredible. And, I mean, uh, I mean we can't even – can never forget to talk about the Red River rivalry. Right. I mean, going right. up to Dallas and just seeing the, the stadium completely split in half with with the red and, and the burnt orange. I mean, it's it's incredible, and I don't think there's too many places just like it. I got to broadcast that game a couple of times, and the thing that stands out to me is it's always a din of noise because, you know, home or away, it's it, the crowd is – obviously home or what now like you say it's, it's split they're always cheering about something mm-hmm. you know i mean it's like always buzzing that stadium is electric it's always alive man it's crazy always and i don't think you realize just watching on tv or you, it, you or you really just understand the whole fanfare of it because outside of the stadium is the state fair going right. on right so i mean you leave the stadium and and there's still stuff going on yeah. i mean you got all the cookouts you you got the funnel cakes going you got the fried everything fried oreo butter, snickers butter, butter everything yeah, it's, it's like I fried mean, butter you you got everything going on out there and, and it's just a, it's a great time it is that's a, that's a heck of an experience our hour is up this flu this was a blast thanks for hanging out thanks with for us having me. Man. trey Appreciate hopkins everybody that was Appreciate fun in the house. one hour in the books ryan glasgow ahead bengals line presented by bud light on the home of the best bengals coverage news radio 700 wlw judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.